Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Bodies and Souls, Conversations for the Jewish Woman. My name is Sarah. I'm a certified teacher and school leader. I'm passionate about education and Torah and Hasidus. My name is Rifki. I am a certified nurse, midwife, and college teacher. I am passionate about using our bodies and our innate spiritual abilities to serve Hashem in the most healthy and complete way possible. Together, we are pleased to present to you Bodies and Souls, fascinating and informative conversations for you, the Jewish woman. Our aim is to provide you with multidimensional information that will inform and inspire you to be the best version of yourself, supporting your bodies and souls as they strive to be the very best in fulfilling our ultimate potential in bringing Mashiach now. Good morning and welcome to Bodies and Souls. Today we have the honor to have Tali Friedman with us. Tali is someone, actually, this is a very funny story of how we got here. Um, so Tali is on Instagram as Mrs. Jewels um, and she runs a jewelry company and she had this herringbone um, gold necklace. And I was like, oh, I think that that would be nice. And I ordered one and then didn't hear from her. And I was like, oh, you know, I think at this point we're going to the country. I want to just change my address if you didn't send it out. And we started chatting. And then she told me that they had this crazy story, um, which she's going to share with you. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this and just do this micro episode. So today, this is a really short episode. We're just going to talk about um, summer safety a little bit. And we are going to um, have a special um, gift for you at the end. So Tali, tell us just a drop about yourself and then like how we got to this point sitting across from each other at, a, at the computer. Um, so thank you for having me. That's A. Um, and really, um, like where do I start? <laughs> so I've been doing jewelry like I mean, I, I'm a daughter of a jeweler. He was in the business for over 30 years and all his kids moved to Florida. He was still in Philadelphia and my father was just like, you know, enough. I want to move closer to you guys and shut down all his stores. Uh, at a, my dad was very like obsessed with every piece that he got in and didn't have the heart to melt anything. So it stayed in safe, like safes for the longest time until after like a few years, I was married already. He mentioned it to me and I'm like, you know, like maybe I could sell it on Instagram. Like just let's see what happens. Maybe I like, you know, just give good prices to see if it goes. And thankfully it did. And it really was like the start of my own business. And I didn't even realize that how much I would, cause I've been in it my whole life. It's like, you know, do you really want to do exactly that? And Truth be, truth be told, it's exactly what I wanted to do. So I'm really happy that that's what I do. And it's a pleasure to get to, you know, douse women in jewels. And um, yeah, that's that. Um, in terms of like what happened, should I get yes. into that? <laughs> get, into, get into why we're here today. What happened and what was the story um, that brought us to this point and talking about summer safety? Well, not for you. Maybe it's not summer safety for you Floridians, but for most of us here, for sure on the East Coast, um, on the Northeast, I should say, it's definitely a summer issue. So tell us about what happened. Go ahead. So I think it's for everywhere. It's for everywhere, definitely including Florida, because we have pools, 
water, lakes, river, like everywhere. It's it's not you have to have safety in general with water in Florida. Um, it's summer, winter, spring, fall. <laughs> so it's definitely an issue that's everywhere. Um, I had invited my friend over for a pool date. It was a half a day in school. We were just peeking into summer. And I told her, hey, you know, you want to come over after school, 12 o'clock, school ends early. Come over with the kids. Bring your bring your bathing suit because, like, we're going to go in. Um, and she came with her kids. And, you know, we went in the pool all together with the kids. Had honestly the best time just, like, many times before that she's, you know, comfortable in my pool. Her kids, I mean, have known my pool um, for years. And we were just having a ball of a time. And at some point during this ball of a time, uh, one of the kids, I think, mentions that they were thirsty and wanted to get some drinks. And I have a mini fridge in my backyard. And um, I remember going to show her where, where it is. And I hopped out. I go to show her where it is. And we start giving, you know, waters, Gatorades. And at that point, my oldest daughter, who is seven, says something out of the pool as we're giving the waters and like, you know, just, I guess, like observing. Um, she says something that I didn't hear, but my friend heard. And she said, what? You know, let's call her Zoe. Zoe's in the bottom of the pool. And I heard Zoe's in the bottom of the pool. And I literally jumped. I looked, I saw this little life on the bottom of my pool. And I jumped in, I grabbed her out. I handed her to her mother. And at that point, I mean, we're, we're shaking, we're screaming. The girl looked like blue in the lips, no life. Like if she looked like just, it was an, it was not, not a normal scene. Um, and of course all the kids are around us at that point, I handed her to her mother and her mom is, is, you know, obviously shaken, screaming. Her other kids are around. My kids are around. Um, she's screaming to call 911. Now where's our phones? We've been in the pool. Like where, where's even our phones? Like we were at this point, I'm like rushing, looking around. I'm like, where are these phones? I find her phone. I'm screaming at her to give me her code. Give me her code. Give me her code. At this point, she's trying to turn her over, bang her on the back. She's she's trying to wake her up, you know, like what like what's going on? Like we're like wake up for me. And I see her and I see her trying to enlighten like enliven her her daughter. And I just I at that point I'm like, th that's not what we're supposed to be doing. I think we're supposed to be doing something else. I gave her the phone. I said, You're dealing with 911. You're calling 911. I grabbed the, the daughter. I took her to my grass and I started compressions. Um, and to be honest with you, the last time I did CPR was like 11 years ago for just being a camp gun as a counselor, you know, or you have to do it and you're like watching and you're doing it on a doll. Like, okay, like, you know, like we have to do this course. And it kicked in years and years and years later. Um, and I kept, I was doing it. And honestly, there was nothing, nothing happening. And I was doing it and there was nothing happening. Um, at a certain point, I got into my mind that I 
I'm going to break all of her ribs and wake her up. Like I'm I'm pushing as far down as I can because I'd like, this is it. This, this is it. The the time is ticking. You hear every minute is this. And every second is this. And I'm my brain's in it, you know, like in that moment, everything is taking way too long and you're having literally a heart attack, you know, like, so at that point I pushed as far down as I could. And I felt literally like the back of her back is what it felt like. And she threw up. Um, and water came out and she was still a little bit like out of it, but she was at least, I, I felt life, you know, there was life there. And by the time, literally maybe 15 seconds after that point, the EMTs start rushing to my backyard and, um, she was screaming, mommy, mommy. And like, obviously I fell to my knees, like what just happened? You know, we were screaming like my kids, our kids are all just watching. I mean, my little three-year-old daughter, it's, it's her best friend. It's like her closest friend. And I remember her while I was doing it, like next to me asking me, is, is Zoe dead? Is my, is she dead or is she sleeping? Mommy, is she dead? And I was like, like, just, I was beside myself. I was truth be told beside myself. I'm just, and it was a miracle. It was literally nothing short of a miracle. Um, There was, you know, some godly powers that were in my backyard that day and saved that little girl's life because I didn't know truth be told what I was doing. I really felt like my body and my mind were in two different wavelengths. And I just got insanely lucky that just, I don't know. I don't know. No words. I'm just so happy. She's okay. And now she's, she's doing fine. She's, uh, you know, back to normal and it's nothing short of a miracle. That's, that's that. By the way, when you told me this story originally, the first thing that like stuck at my mind was you took CPR 11 years ago. So when you work in healthcare, like I do, we redo this all the time. And when you work in a school setting, they make you redo it every single year, even though like it doesn't expire. And I think that's one of the things that like, no matter when you do it, sometimes like instinct kicks in. The second thing that now, as you're talking about the actually two more things now, as you're talking about really stuck out to me, I want people who are listening to know that you don't have to unlock a phone to call 911. And on every single phone, when you go to unlock it, there's an emergency button that you can just click. It actually says emergency. If everyone looks at their phone now and you click that and you'll just call 911, you don't have to unlock any phone. So if you ever see a phone, whether it's locked and you know the person, you're absolutely able to do that. And if you blank out on the 911 number, which by the way happens also, you're like, what's the number? Is it 911 through what? Like you blank out, you can always dial zero. So those are two things that people really should know. The other thing is break a rib. We say this in healthcare all the time, break a rib. If you don't want a brain dead child, break a rib, break their ribs. Ribs are painful, right? And they could puncture a lung, but you're saving a life. And that's really like, I love that that came to your mind to like, I need to break her ribs, which is huge. Did you break a rib? No. And she oh had no, none. Probably because no she was so ribs. little. Yeah. Everything's oh. a little bit soft. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think this is so important. So for everyone who's listening, Tali's story is actually statistically very, very common. Um, I think for the New Yorkers who are listening and the people who are going away for the summer to places where we want a pool, it's hot, right? Um, we have to be aware of um, pool safety. We have to be aware of 
general safety and we have to make sure that we know how to do CPR or someone in the area does know how to do CPR so that if we're in that situation, um, we go back at, to our training and we're really able to save lives like Tali did. And Baruch Hashem, Tali's story is good, right? Which is why it didn't hit the news. Nobody's, right, nobody's writing on all of the articles about, you know, Nebuch, the poor little Neshama that isn't with us. This girl is good. She's healthy. She's happy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your community's response? Um, yes. I'm also just going to add something that I find is so important that um, the hospital did tell us they projected that she wasn't under the water for more than 15 to 20 seconds because of the way she woke up because of how loud she was because she knew who her mother was because she all of the the times it it landed to 15 to 20 seconds which literally means you could be bouncing up your one child bouncing her up up and down yeah yeah 15 seconds behind you you it's and also we have no idea how her floaty got off of her. She's so skinny and thin that it could have been, and it was the the ones the, from the, um, the famous brands. Yeah, the famous brands. It was a puddle jumper. And she could have just taken it off herself without us even realizing. And it was like her mother literally said she doesn't remember taking it off. None of the kids did. I for sure didn't. It's it's a mystery in and of itself. It happened as like a, a crazy fluke. And within 15 seconds, the girl was blue. Like the amount of attention, like there was nothing. We were in the water. We didn't have our phones. We were playing with the kids. It's like, you think, oh, the mother is sitting on the side or, oh, let me just go run in for a second. No, you could literally be there and have like, you need to have like all eyes. It's just like stare, just stare at them because it's, it was 15 seconds. It was not normal. So that I just had to say. Um, and also my community's response. I mean, my community in general is just the best community. I love them. Um, we're so lucky to have them. Um, and they were, they were in a state of shock. I mean, obviously it was, it was shocking. Um, you know, we went to show that same Shabbos and I got up and the rabbi was very, like, you know, the rabbi, the Revitzen were shaken up, telling me, like, you have to, you know, tell the story. And I did get up in front of everybody in the community and tell the story over again so that everyone is aware what happened, you know, and, and how easily it could have happened, especially with camp coming upon us. I mean, you know, there's counselors going all over the place and being, count, you know, they're being counselors to, to little campers. So how important it is. And um, they were very pro the idea of having everybody learn CPR because they are doing it for the counselors that are coming anyway for our Ganizi. So it's like any adults that would want to join in on that, they're working on that as well. So they're taking the best, um, you know, the best stride forward in what we can do to hopefully prevent anything like that again. Yeah. So Thank you. Thank you so much, Telly, for coming on here. And I know it's this really little micro episode, um, but we really, really appreciate that you were open to coming out here and talking. So anyone who wants to um, do their own CPR training, I actually have a friend who does it on a nurse friend who does it on um, Zoom. So if you want to reach out to rescueprograms at gmail.com 
or rescueprograms.com. You can reach out to Mark that way, or you can even text him at 917-744-0018. And he's going to give a discount to all of our listeners. So if you want to mention that you're reaching out through Bodies and Souls, he's going to give you $10 off the price of becoming American Heart Certified in First Aid and CPR, um, which CPR really, which is such a huge thing. And I'll tell you, Mark is really interesting. Um, and you're not going to just get the certification, you're going to actually know what you're doing. So thank you, Tali, so, so, so much. Um, I, I know that the story like really made you pause and revisit how you're doing things. And I hope that our listeners who are listening also take them in, especially people who are coming from a place where we don't know pool safety. We're not living in Florida. We don't realize what we have to do because we just don't, um, that we really take this as seriously as we need to. So thank you so much. It's, um, it's a really big schos that you're doing this to help prevent other people from being in a situation and we should always learn from situations that end positively rather than waiting for Shalom, a situation that doesn't end as positively. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed and grew. Original music of Shamil's Nigan provided by Hazan David Katak. We look forward to your input feedback, and suggestions. We also have partnership opportunities available. Please email info at bodiessouls.com. Again, info at bodiessouls.com with two S's. Thank you.